You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm health editor Dallas Bastian, and I'm joined by Dr. Shelley Roberts from Griffith University's School of Nursing and Midwifery to discuss her study of a program that allows patients to self-assess and self-monitor their nutrition at the bedside. Thank you for joining me, Shelley. No worries, thank you. You tested an electronic food service system. What does that program involve? What are patients asked to do? The program involves active patient participation in their nutrition care through self-assessment and self-monitoring. Specifically, patients are asked to self-record their intake at meals using um, a personal bedside touchscreen. And patients will also be able to view their nutritional goals or targets and discuss these with their dietitian using that screen as a medium. Um, Particularly, they can see their intake, which they've entered themselves, compared to their requirements, which which their dietitian will talk to them about. And they can monitor their progress over time And patients will ultimately have the choice about what foods or supplements they add, if they need to add any, in order to meet those requirements. So it's about involving patients in their care and allowing them to take control and responsibility for their own nutrition while they're in hospital. Is there much training involved or is the the program fairly intuitive? So we're taking several measures in order to develop the most user-friendly and intuitive program possible. But we do expect that patients will receive some brief training on how to use the program in the first instance. So we're undergoing a rigorous and iterative development and evaluation cycle, um, something that's underpinned by IT design theory. Um, And we're also collaborating with end users, so patients and hospital staff, in the design of the actual program. Uh, We have an interdisciplinary team consisting of academics from nursing and dietetics, as well as IT experts. And we're partnering with industry and consumers Um, in order to develop the most user-friendly version of the program that we can. What we've done so far is develop mock-up versions of the program and tested these with patients and with staff um, to assess usability in terms of the actual layout and design of the page as well as the functions or tasks that patients will complete. And then we modify the program based on their feedback and that's an iterative kind of um, cycle. Um, In the current study, we used the Think Aloud technique as well as some semi-structured interview questions with patients, Um, firstly to assess the usability, but also to explore their perceptions of using the program to participate in their care. Um, In terms of training, we haven't yet piloted the intervention as a whole, but in showing patients the different aspects of the program in these usability testing interviews, we found that most patients were actually able to navigate the system themselves with only about five minutes of training. Obviously, each patient's different, so some patients didn't need any training at all and they could navigate themselves just by following the prompts. Um, but other patients uh, required maybe a little bit more in-depth training or maybe a bit of direction um, through the process of, of going through the different pages. So um, once they built their confidence, though, most patients could use the system themselves Obviously, being able to use something like this can depend on patients' age and their familiarity with using technology, but we actually found from these interviews that those two factors weren't actually barriers to using the program because um, we had patients aging from 22 to 80 years old, and even the older patients all said that they could use the program once they'd been shown how. Um, And a couple of quotes from patients was things like, "Um, I'm not any good with a computer because I haven't even got one, but if I can navigate my way through that, then anyone can. Or, you know, someone else said, once I've done this once, it's easy to do. 
Um, so as I said, we need some brief training at the start, but um, hopefully once patients have done it once or twice, it's fairly intuitive. And what else did the patient interviews reveal about the, the key benefits of the program and that, that opportunity to, to self-assess and self-monitor their nutrition? So the main benefits patients saw with this program related to better care provision and more patient-centred care. So they firstly liked the electronic meal ordering aspect, and this is an aspect that's already in place at the hospital um, because patients found this actually easier than completing paper menus. Um, they also thought it was more efficient and reliable and accurate than paper menus. Um, they had high confidence and trust in the electronic system and they thought it reduced human error and thought they would be more likely to get the correct meal. Um, they also liked the flexibility and convenience of being able to order meals at any time at their own pace, um, being able to review and change their order if they wanted to. Um, then in terms of the actual intake tracking, um, patients liked the thought of staff being able to see their dietary intakes that they'd entered. Um, they thought that this would allow staff to plan their care better and tailor their care and make sure that their care was more individualised to them. Um, patients also liked being able to see the nutrition contents of the foods they were ordering and then they thought that the intake tracking function would give them insight into what they were eating in hospital. They particularly liked the two-way information exchange between themselves and the dietitian. So the patient obviously would enter their food intake, which the dietitian could see, and the dietitian would enter the patient's requirements or goals, which the patient could see. Um, and then being able to discuss that um, in conjunction with the dietitian. So that was, that was seen as, as a benefit to the program. You found that the degree of participation depended on perceived importance of nutrition. Is there a risk that the patients who would benefit the most from from the EFS are the same people who aren't interested in engaging with it? And if, if so, how can that be addressed? So the patients who would benefit most from this program are those who require nutrition input because they're either at risk of malnutrition or they have existing malnutrition. And obviously the aim of this program is to improve energy and protein intakes by asking patients to self-monitor and to be involved in, in their own nutrition care. So in this study and also in previous work that we've done, uh, we've actually found that the patients who do require nutritional input or, or who are at risk of malnutrition, um, they're actually highly interested in the program because many of them have seen a dietitian before while they're in hospital and most of them understand to some degree the importance of eating enough to meet their nutritional needs. So in this study, we found, for example, that oncology patients who commonly experience problems with eating and often have extensive nutritional input while they're in hospital, they tended to find the program particularly useful. And they said things like, um, oh, this would be really useful for the dietitian to know what I'm eating. And, you know, they're constantly asking me what I'm eating anyway, and this would um, kind of streamline that process. So um, it was seen as beneficial in that regard. Um, on the other hand, um, patients who are already eating well or haven't experienced weight loss, they're patients who we probably wouldn't be using the program with, but they were still included in the usability testing. But they tended to be less interested as they thought um, it wasn't really as relevant or important to them because they were already eating well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and of course, we'll always have varying levels of interest in nutrition and varying levels of willingness to participate in care. 
um, among all patient groups. Um, and that's why it's important to tailor care based on patient preferences. And I think this program enables us to tailor that care. The, this study involved patients who are able to communicate in English. Uh, how would the program work for patients who, who don't speak English or who have trouble communicating? Would it need to be tweaked or would it only be applicable to certain patients? So at the moment, we're working on the program in English, but extending this to um, patients with non-English speaking backgrounds is definitely an area for future work. Um, the program's also aimed at patients who are cognitively intact because the underlying kind of causal mechanisms and the underlying theory for behaviour change with this intervention, um, that behaviour change being um, changing dietary intake for the better, so eating more to meet their nutrition needs, um, that's kind of underpinned by theories around self-monitoring and goal setting being you know, motivating and encouraging for patients to, to change that behaviour. So it really depends on patients' cognition and their ability to understand the importance of nutrition and that obviously then um, impacts on, on their motivation. Um, but we do recognise that cognitively impaired patients are those often at high risk of malnutrition. So this is a group who would probably benefit from nutritional intervention um, but the underlying kind of the causal kind of factors that um, work in this intervention wouldn't work for those patients who are cognitively impaired. So we'd have to kind of tailor the intervention in a way that um, there's avenues for potentially family participation um, or the healthcare professionals to use certain aspects of the program in order to improve care for those patients. So that's another area for future work that's um, definitely on our radar. What impact does the fact that uh, the intervention is is technology-based have, have on patient engagement? Um, so as I mentioned before, there is wide variation in patients' willingness to participate, but also their ability to participate in care in general. Um, and this goes for using technology as well. So in this study, we actually found that technology enabled participation in many ways um, from what patients were telling us. So um, firstly, patients described that this technology improved their access to information. And we know that access to information is a core component of patients being able to participate in care. Um, another important component of participation is good communication between patients and clinicians. And in this study, several patients thought that the program could actually improve communication with their dietitian by that two-way information exchange I talked about before. And they also thought the interface itself could improve communication at the bedside when dietitians were talking to patients about their nutrition. Um, in terms of physical capabilities to participate, most patients also actually said that um, they found the screen easier to use, for example, when they spoke about ordering meals. Um, most of them said the touchscreen was easy to see and easier to tap um, compared to filling out a paper menu in terms of you know, writing using their hands and being able to, to see the small boxes. Um, patients did mention barriers such as pain, tiredness, being too sick or being unwell, um, but they were more described as barriers to participation in general and not specifically to technology. So I think in some ways technology can actually enable participation, but we do realise that certain patients do have trouble using this technology. So 
um, obviously if they can't reach the screen or if they can't see it well, um, that's going to impact their ability to participate. Thank you for your time, Shelley. No worries.